Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by Alex Wong to uh, recap the Raptors' emphatic performance in Game 5. This is not your former Raptors team's. This is a team that senses urgency, and they raced out to a 31-7 to lead, and the game was over in about mm, three minutes. What do you think? Yeah, I think when Kyle, what did he do? He start with the first nine points. Like, we were already saying that this game and this series was over. And I think it was pretty clear from, like, game one on that the Raptors' starting five was just that much better than Orlando's starting five. And, you know, it was such a stress-free series, a stress-free game that the fans started doing the wave in the fourth quarter. I don't think I've ever seen that before at a Raptors playoff game. Yeah. Um, I mean, people were just bored, man. People were bored. They were doing the wave. They were singing, like, like na-na-na-na, goodbye. Like, um, and, and honestly, like, that's that's kind of the way the Raptors treated this game. Like, first off, Kyle Lowry going from scoring zero points to scoring the first nine points against the Magic is just – just tells the whole story about how the Raptors played game one versus how they finished the series. Um, and to your point about the starters, man, so I looked into the numbers. The Raptors starters outscored Orlando's by 88 points in uh, five games. So, like, it was just a completely dominant performance. And, you know, it, it's it, it's just the, w- the way you look at it, it's just everything fits together perfectly. You know, Kyle can get his offense occasionally, but – He's mostly on the floor to, you know, set the table, take charges. And I think he took at least a charge on, a, on three of the Magic starters tonight. Definitely on uh, Augustine, uh, Gordon, and Vucevic. But, um, you know, Kawhi's going to give you, like, the number one option. Like, you know, he's going to th- score 30 with ease. Pascal's going to be a nice number two option. And then, you know, Mark and, you know, Kyle are just going to be the brains behind the whole thing. And then Danny's just going to spread the floor and make veteran-type plays. And it's just they might be the best starting five in the NBA. Yeah, and I think it goes to the larger point too. Like You know that in past years when these teams, these Raptors teams have gone into the playoffs, I feel like we have strained and like stretched every single like plausible theory to talk ourselves into the fact that they are going to be legitimate playoff contenders. And this is really the first time that it's true. Like Steve Clifford said that too in the post-game press conference when he was asked about whether this team, this Raptors team, is a legit championship contender. He prefaced it by saying that all four teams that are left have a chance. But he also said that, you know, all four teams have star power. They have a closer in the fourth quarter. And he he came out and straight up said that this is the best team that Toronto's had through all the iterations. And, you know, it's not rocket science, right? Like we've watched basketball for how many years now that in the playoffs you need like seven guys, right? Seven, eight guys. And you need your starting five, your closing five to be really, really good. And the Raptors have never had that. Like you can look at the five-man units and I know, you know, the easiest thing is to talk about Kyle and DeMar obviously, but like they've never had a starting five that can play like this on both ends of the floor. And, you know, Mark was saying in the locker room after the game that he feels like the team is really just starting to get to know each other. 
like the game one miscommunication, whatever you want to call it, on that last possession when DJ Augustin hit the three. You know, Mark was saying, you know, that type of stuff won't happen if you're playing with guys that you've been with for a long time. So they were able to figure that out, obviously. Like Orlando was an inferior opponent. But, you know, it's pretty encouraging. And I know we'll probably talk about the next round maybe tomorrow. But, like, it's pretty encouraging going into the next round knowing that this team does seem like it's getting itself together and the starting five is just playing with such a great flow right now. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, going to that point defensively, like defensively this team, man. So today, Orlando shot 38.6%. Now, a lot of that is inflated by the fact that uh, the Raptors' third unit came in and uh, just bled a bunch of points. I think the Raptors are up like 35. I'm pretty sure they were in the fourth quarter. So, you know, take those stats with a bit of a grain of salt. They're probably, realistically, the actual Magic rotation players are probably like 36% from the field. The game four, Orlando was at their best. They shot 42% from the field. That was their best outing of the entire playoffs. But otherwise, if you look at it, it's like 36%, 40%, 37%. I mean, it's just, you know, it, like this team has such an incredible um, ceiling defensively. And I think uh, against the Magic, who, you know, the Magic are one of those like classic teams that you know, limit mistakes, uh, limit uh, errors in terms of just, uh, you know, they keep turnovers low, they make sure they defensive rebound, they make sure they do, you know, just regular things well, make sure they, you know, tighten up the margins. Because look, the, the talent's not good, but if you execute well in the NBA, you could probably get to 500, which is how the Magic got into the playoffs. But um, the Raptors made them look sloppy. I mean, every single game, the Raptors are forcing them into turnovers, like these uncharacteristic offensive fouls and the way the Raptors are rotating and it's like the active hands and things like that. I mean, this team's scary defensively. And and the way I'm looking at it, I mean, again, you know, like Alex said, you know, we're going to have a game or we're going to have a series round two playoff um, tomorrow. So look for that on Raptors over everything. But the way it's shaping up, the Raptors are a terrifying defensive group, especially with the starters. Yeah, and you know, I think before we move on too, we should just make a note that this is legitimately the first stress-free playoff series mm. in franchise history. Like that has never happened before. And the one scene that I'm going to remember from this series was actually after their game 1 loss. The locker room had mostly cleared out. Uh players had gone to the podium, done their interviews, and Danny was the last guy that was left in the locker room and a couple of us went to him and we kind of joked about we told him about the history of the Raptors franchise losing game ones and he kind of just shrugged and laughed and basically said like I don't believe in any of that like I don't believe in superstitions and that you know they were going to get get themselves together and we've heard that talk before obviously from other teams but like with this team like they went and actually showed that right the next four games like there was very little doubt who the better team was. And there was very little doubt that this Raptors team is destined for bigger things and struggling against an inferior team in the first round. So it's, this is just all different. And I know you talk about sometimes like, well, we should step back and appreciate these things, right? Like we don't know how far the Raptors are going to go. We obviously don't know what Kawhi's future holds, but Toronto fans are finally getting a glimpse of what a real legitimate contending team looks like in the playoffs. And at times it's very boring and fans do the wave. I mean, this is a, this is the thing, right? I, I feel like the whole entire playoff run could be summarized by Kawhi saying, "What hump?" Like right before the playoffs, some reporters were asking, "Like, you know, the city has you know a lot of blah 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 blah. You know, the Raptors' history is bad in playoffs." And he's like, "What hump?" And like in dead serious, you know what I mean? And like, 
I mean, what hump? I mean, what's what's a hump to a guy like Kawhi Leonard? For real. Like today, for example, 27 points on 11 shots, man. He shot 8 of 11 from the field, 5 of 5 from 3. Um, I mean, the rest doesn't even matter. I mean, he got to the free throw line. He hit all six free throws. He was a plus 38 in 32 minutes. Um, I thought Nick Nurse was actually a little bit sick uh, for playing Kawhi in the fourth quarter when the Raptors are up late. Which, by the way, um, yeah, seriously, it's because the Warriors are late. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Raptors like, ended the game up 19. <laughs> the Magic apparently finished the game on an 18 nothing scoring run. So, really, it was like a 37-point advantage, and Kawhi was in for that. And so, I thought, you know, in terms of just um, – in terms of the way Kawhi played, I mean, both tonight and also last night, which, I mean, last game, game four, that was the real – pivotal game where you know if they lose the game then all of a sudden it's a series and if they win the game you know they're pretty much just going to take care of business and we saw Kawhi come up with 34 points in game four and today 27 I mean just ruthlessly efficient and to be honest he didn't really have to try that hard you know yeah and the other thing too besides Kawhi and I don't know if you agree with me is Pascal settled into being the number two option on this team right like whether he's shooting well from the perimeter or not he does enough things athletically to impact the game on both ends of the floor I think you mentioned that you know just because of his athleticism he's able to get like his 15 16 points a game just off that and that was kind of a question mark I guess coming into the playoffs like you weren't sure so um I feel like that has really solidified their starting five as well yeah, no, for sure. And, like, again, everything makes sense, you know? Like, you you got number one option, you got number two option. And this team is just hard to stop. And, like, you know, the funny thing about this game was we've seen a lot of playoff games in previous years where the Raptors were clearly inferior. Um, oh, you're showing me a tweet about, about Drake. We'll talk about Drake. We'll talk about Drake. Um, Drake came to the worst game of the season. Let's be real. Like, this is not that interesting of a game. Uh, aside from the result, obviously, it was fantastic. But in terms of just interest, not a great basketball game. Um but, you know, like, uh, you know, in previous seasons, Raptors going against, you know, Cleveland, other teams, things like that. Like, they were just clearly inferior, and they had to try wild things. Like, I'm talking about, like, Baby Nagara randomly goes into the game, and the Raptors get hosed. Or, like, uh, CJ Miles versus Kevin Love in the post. And, you know, it just goes on for possession after possession. Or, like, you know, randomly Tyler Hansborough will get into the starting lineup against the Wizards. And so... We're on the other side. We're on, we're on this side, man. I mean, like, the Magic came out today. They tried a zone defense, which I don't think the Magic have practiced that. Again, they're a very traditional, fundamental team. They play just regular defense. They didn't look equipped whatsoever. I mean, the, I get, the Raptors are up 31-7, to 7, all right? And um, it's just it's funny to be on the other side. It really is funny. And it's 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 what we deserve. Yeah, and here's here's the thing. Like, the Raptors might make the finals. They might not. I think it's just the way that they've lost the last couple of years, right? Like the Cavs series last year was not just a sweep. Like it was demoralizing, number one seed. Everybody figured, you know, they had them for game one because the Cavs are coming off a seven-game series and this was going to be different. And it wasn't. It, it turned out to be actually the most embarrassing playoff loss during this team's like five, six-year playoff run, which just like you couldn't have imagined a week before that series started that that was going to be the ending to the best season best regular season in franchise history the thing with this team is like i mean they might lose to philly they might lose to milwaukee i mean those things can happen but they're not going to get embarrassed they're not going to get embarrassed like they might get out executed you know Giannis might have a monster series Joel Embiid might have a monster series but this team is just not going to get run off the floor like you said 
And I, I feel like that gives the fan base a little bit of a comfort too. Yeah, for sure. Um, the only discomforting thing, by the way, we should mention from this game was Kyle um, jammed his thumb going for a loose ball. And uh, at the post game, I think he explained that his finger had popped out and he showed us his finger and it was in a cast. Um, so it was like in a finger cast, which, you know, who knows? But I mean, he's going to rest it and see how I want. The thing is, he did uh, that happened at late in the second quarter and um, he did come back and play the rest of the third. And, he, you know, I think he hit a layup or whatever. I, I mean, hopefully he's fine. Who knows? Obviously. Kyle has shown his importance to this team multiple times. There's no need to any, there's no need to rehash that whatsoever. Obviously, game one was a disappointment, but you know Kawhi talked about it in the post game about how you know Kyle's the kind of guy who's you know going to study the film, who's going to come back better, and uh, he did that. I mean, uh, I think Nick Nurse was even more uh, effusive with his praise when he said that this is probably the best he's seen Kyle play. Which I I would I would push back against that. I've I've seen Kyle play a little bit better. Um, game seven against the uh, the Heat, for example, that was pretty pretty damn good. But um, Kyle's overall impact on the team and against any everything just makes sense, right? Part of the reason why the Raptors kind of were um, so disappointing in previous playoff runs was like under playoff pressure, right? Your stars have to continuously deliver at the same rate or even greater than what they do in the regular season, and like. To expect a guy like Kyle, who is so great at defense, at rebounding and, and assists, and you know making steals and taking charges and stuff like that, to expect him to also give you like twenty plus efficient points every night was just unrealistic. And now he no longer has to do that because Kawhi is here to do it, Pascal is here to do it. You got reliable players in Danny Green. You got honestly even Serge Ibaka is a reliable scorer. I, I, I would go as far to say that. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because when I look at the Magic, right, like. Nikola Vucevic was great for them in the regular season. Just so good. 21 points, 12 rebounds. He had a 30, 19, and 8 game against the Raptors. In this series, he has done nothing. He had six points today in an elimination game. And, you know, as as a Raptors fan, like, I can relate to that. You know what I mean? Like, he even got benched at the end of the second quarter where, you know, usually the starters come in, they finish out the second second quarter – for halftime, and, and Vucevic wasn't out there, and it was Kem Birch out there, because Kem Birch was actually giving them more energy and production, and it just reminded me that, like, you know, so much of what it comes down to is talent, and and the Raptors just have not had elite talent, and they've that's been their downfall in the playoffs, and, you know, when I see the Magic, and I see their best player just completely no-show for the series, he averaged about 10 points in the series, you know, it just it, it's a reminder of how, how lucky the Raptors are to have a guy like Kawhi. Yeah, and the other thing too, like like you said, you know, once you get Kawhi, everybody slots into the roles that they're supposed to play, right? Like Kyle's not supposed to be an alpha dog of, of a contending team. Now he gets to do everything else. And, you know, a good Kyle game is always, you know, we don't have to watch him shoot practice jumpers in the gym after the game. <laughs> like we haven't had that so far, so... Like, he's been solid, right? Like, he does everything. And it's like, if you look at his shooting line, if he had gone, like, tonight, what did he shoot? He was 6 for 10, made two threes in 26 minutes. Like, even if he shot, like, 2 for 8 or something, right? Like, he's still going to make an impact to the game. Like, he can't score zero points, okay? But, like, he's still making an impact to the game, whereas you have the other guys to carry it. And, you know, the thing, too, is, like, remember last year, like, Fred got hurt in game 82, and that felt like such a blow in the playoffs, right? Like... No offense to Fred, but it's like a championship team should not be derailed by an injury to a bench player. And it felt like Fred, you know, being not himself, being injured, really did throw them off a little bit where it shouldn't. And the same thing with OG. 
this year, right? Like OG's out for the playoffs. We don't know if he's going to come back. Again, uh, on another team, I feel like that would be a bigger blow. But on this team, they just move on, right? They just move on. They've got their starting five. They've got the three solid guys off the bench with Serge, Fred, and Norm. And that's all you roll with. Like, you bet on the starters to to win their minutes. And, I mean, against Orlando, they won those minutes by huge margins, right? And, you know, again, we'll talk about Philly, but Philly has a really good starting five, too. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But, like, yeah, this this is the best Raptors team ever. And I feel like we should savor it a little bit because these playoff runs go by pretty quick and you don't know if this is going to be a one-year thing right yeah for sure um by the way the, the bench you mentioned uh, last two games have been pretty encouraging in terms of what Ibaka Van Vliet and Powell have done actually the most encouraging thing is how much the Raptors have steadily improved as the series has gone on this it's sort of like they figured out their opponent they have adjustments that they can make to the other team, and the other team just has nothing. Now, granted, the Magic are very bereft of talent, so it's another thing where you play up against Philly, for example. But, you know, it's something where, again, that I think that's a credit to Nick Nurse because sort of throughout this course of a series, you kind of figure out your opponent. That's That mostly goes down to coaching. And Nick, I don't think, has gotten a lot of love at all for um, the series. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Drake, man. We'll talk about Drake. Just here to talk about Drake. Um. But I also wanted to highlight the bench, man. Serge Ibaka today, 10 points, um, you know, in 18 minutes. You know, that Fred Van Vliet comes in, gives you 10 assists, which is just something that's been lacking from Fred is the playmaking today. He was great in terms of that. Um, you know, still forced one or two shots to here or there, but that, that's okay. And Norman Powell, I mean, he's been really effective. 11 points, 5 and 9 shooting today, a couple of transition dunks, which, you know, always feels good when you're at a Raptors home playoff game and Norman Powell's picking off a pass and dunking it, it just really brings you back to game five, 2016 against the Pacers. But if that bench could get going too, and this is with or without OG coming back, I don't think OG is going to be back for the second round um, because of that appendectomy. But um, if those three guys can play well, and uh, if Drake can show up <laughs> and not wear the Raptors uniform, I, I think the Raptors will be good. Are we talking Drake now? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So, Drake was at the game tonight, and after the game, according to Josh Lewenberg of TSN, he walked by the media on his way out of the building and said, you want me to talk about the curse, or are you guys good? So Drake is acknowledging the curse and also seems bothered by it. And, you know, I'll get your opinion, Will, but, you know, I've always been a proponent of I don't think Drake should be at these playoff games because I feel like he serves as this unnecessary distraction. And, you know, obviously he's not the reason why LeBron beat the Raptors for the last three years, but you know, we just don't need all this like extra stuff. Like the Raptors are a legitimate team. Um, the focus should just be on the court. Um, I also think it's funny that like Drake would use like a game five blowout win over the magic to, to address the Drake curse. That That's my Drake spew. Look, man, Drake being bothered about some, something Drake being so successful being Toronto man. Seriously, like, why were you bothered by the Drake curse? Like, just lean into it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, the, the, by the way, the, the funniest Drake curse meme is you know the the, the picture of the Notre Dame, which obviously is very very uh, tragic that that happened. But the picture of Drake wearing a Notre Dame jersey and then the, the anyway, um, yeah. Seriously, look, Drake, you this is this is what, I would like to have so few problems that I'm worried about the Drake curse. You know what I mean? Because like, Drake, bro, just. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it, it is funny, as if this proved anything. Like, oh yeah, Raptors beat the Magic, but um, I don't know. 
I I, th- I like I kind of I kind of like when he's at the games. I'm, I just think it's like uh, it's another reason to look at the Raptors. You know what I mean? It makes the Raptors a little bit more compelling. And just from a media standpoint, the players come up, they interact with Drake. Drake's making himself a part of the storyline. I know it's like not necessarily about basketball, but you know, I I, I kind of like it when like uh, who was it um, on the Bulls the other year? Like uh, one of the uh, Aaron Holiday? No, 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 the other one. Justin Holiday was trying to aim on the ball, and then Drake was like clapping in his ear for the five second count. Like it's 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 it's, it's, it's good content. It's not good content. Also, like, Drake had really good chemistry with Dwayne, I feel like. But with Nick, you know, Drake Drake hasn't been there that much this year, but they don't have the same chemistry. Like, we haven't seen the legendary photos of, like, Drake and Dwayne clapping together and things like that. And, you know, this is a question I put to you, and I would love for the listeners to, to chime in, too, is, like, do you think Drake knows any advanced basketball stats? Like, has he ever used offensive efficiency or defensive efficiency in a conversation with like Nico about like Serge Ibaka's on off numbers again I mean, actually you know what actually you know what actually I'm going to revise my answer because early you asked me this at halftime and I said definitely no Drake has bigger things to deal with but if he's getting mad at the Drake curse I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure this man's looking up at like PPIM or PIPM or whatever it is or like you know uh, sure PR 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 for sure I think he knows uh, do you think he knows? I think he knows adjusted plus minus too. Yeah, and he knows the formula too. <laughs> like it's it's not just simple plus minus. You know, we're taking the lineups looking out and things like this. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is a good night, man. This is a good night. I mean, look, apologies to Leafs fans. Uh, you know, you, you were disappointed by the Leafs again. And um, I would say you guys shouldn't be surprised, but it, it is disappointing to see the season end that way. But listen, you know, everyone can now focus on um, the Raptors, which, by the way, sneaky thing, we'll, we'll do some media inside talk, all right? Now that the Leafs are out, does this mean we'll have more uh, <coughs> hockey media covering Raptors games? Yeah, I think so. So for all Raptors players, if you're on the road near a casino, just just make sure you look around and that there will be no local media members that are ready to write a, a feature article about you. So um, just a heads up for Raptors fans in round two, but uh, for Raptors players in round two. But uh, yeah, I definitely think, and I think the national media attention is going to ramp up too, right? Like... The second round, everybody's been waiting for this. Um, Milwaukee, Boston, and Toronto, Philly. And, you know, at times in this series, once you got past the game one loss, there just didn't really feel like there was a weight to this series that was worth stressing over. Um, I think that's going to be a lot different in the second round, right? Like Philadelphia's free agency situation with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and obviously Toronto with Kawhi. Like if the Raptors come out this weekend and lose game one, like, I feel like it'll be a kind of a different level of pressure for this team because especially now that they've shown that they're playing at this level, like a second round exit would be very disappointing for this team. Yeah, but I mean, look, as you mentioned, look, the reason why the Raptors have been disappointing in previous years is not just they lost. It's that they embarrassed themselves and they completely capitulated. They played a different type of game and they played a different with a different confidence than they did in, in the regular season. Like this team just... They don't do that. If they lose, it'll be for an actual basketball reason, and they'll lose competitively. You know, and um, and and for me, like if that's if that's how they go down, like I just seriously, I haven't seen the Raptors respectively bow out of the playoffs in forever. They got swept in like 
three of the last four years, and the other year they lost by like over a hundred points in the series. So, like you know, like if they could just lose respectively, that is a big step for me. But I actually do think that they, they should fare pretty well against Philly. Like I think that series will go long because Philly's very talented. But I think the Raptors should win that series. And 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 looking past that, right, you know what? Forget looking past that. Actually, let's just focus on one game at a time. Yeah. So the thing I wanted to ask you, and I know. You know, Masai didn't make the coaching change to beat the Orlando Magic in the first round. But <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. Let, let's say you got last year's Raptors team, all right? What Dwayne Casey's coaching and everything like that. You think the Raptors beat the Magic? At least it goes at least six games. I think it goes at least six games. But you're talking about the same roster, mm. like not Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and no, no, not this Pascal either. Might be going seven actually. <laughs> um, with Dwayne, it probably goes seven. But I want to ask you, like. Just based on this first round, I know there's more evaluation to come. Like, how do you feel about just the coaching change that was made? Obviously, with an eye towards the playoffs. I I don't really have many issues with Nick Nurse so far. I mean, like the biggest gripe was obviously game one. Kawhi only playing 33 minutes is a bit crazy. But like, when you look at the rest of the, the way he's adjusted between games, the way he sort of identified and honed in on things that are going to work. Like right after game one, my main thing was like, look, Kawhi should be playing pick and roll with Marcus Law 25 times a game. And that's what they've been doing the rest of the series. Now, when the when the, the Magic sort of adjusted to it, they sort of, um, you know, replicated the same sort of action, but off the ball with Kawhi curling around Mark and then someone delivering the ball to Kawhi. And so, you know, like, they've been really smart and uh, and incisive with the way they're attacking. And I think defensively, their, their whole game plan was pretty strong from the, from the get-go. Like, it got better as the series went on, but, like, the Raptors held the Magic under 100 points in the last four games. And the Magic only stopped 100 points that one time, you know? And so um, I think, you know, Nick Nurse got his team to focus. And I think, um, you know, as the series has gone out, he's made good adjustments. You look at the way Marcus guarded Vucevic, I think it's been better and better every single game. Um, you know, the Danny Green's defense on DJ Augustine from, from games two through five was insane. Like, Augustine today was one of his better games. We had a team-high 15 points, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can leave and live with that as long as he's not scoring 25 on you. And um, and even the bench, right? Like, I, I don't think the bench necessarily – you can chalk all of that up to uh, Nick. I think some of that was just the bench guys are more talented than what they showed in the earlier games and they sort of recovered. But, you know, even, even the bench finding a good rhythm, even the Raptors finding a good rotation – like Nick Nurse just brazenly throwing Jody Meeks into the mix once in a while just for fun is is has been kind of enjoyable and and overall I have no real qualms about the Nick Nurse thing. I think he's if you look at the bigger picture, the fact that he again it's not, it sounds simple now because the starting lineup was so successful, um, but the this, the decision to start Marcus All and then to make him. Um, make him and Serge sort of accept those decisions and be happy about it and not complain about it. That's a really hard thing to do, and um, and you know he's locked into that. The starting lineup looks great as a result, and if Serge can get going off the bench, like it just it makes sense. And that, that's 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 all you're supposed to do as a coach is really maximize your team's talent. And I feel like in this series, the Raptors' talent has been maximized. Like the fact that they won this game or won the series in five games. Obviously, game one is disappointing, but we can honestly retrospect that was kind of a fluke. Like, the Raptors were dominant, and that's how they should be. And the Raptors, I've literally never seen the Raptors dominate ever in the playoffs. So, yes, I think it's a good coaching change. Yeah, and, like, I know people like to say that, you know, a team sometimes takes on the identity of their head coach. And, like, if you were to describe Dwayne in the playoffs, like, Dwayne stressed people out very quickly, I feel like, in terms of, you know, always behind on the adjustments and, like, you know, 
just with matchups like you mentioned, like the CJ Miles and Kevin Love thing, once they fell down one nothing against the Cavs. And you know, all year we've seen Nick carry himself with a very relaxed attitude, right? Like this man brought a guitar with him on the road for game three in Orlando and probably played like a remake of Old Town Road to Kawhi in, in his room. And, and Kawhi lit up like a Christmas tree, I would assume. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but like we, 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 we said all regular season, like, okay, like, I don't know, like is Nick being too chill? Um, you know, not the team didn't practice a lot. Like it was a very relaxed schedule for them, even as they were bringing new guys in and you figured that, oh, they might benefit from more practice, having more shoot around time together. And, you know, there's like you said, there's been nothing that happened in this first round so far where we could look back and criticize anything that Nick did or the organization. Right. Like load management was obviously a huge topic during the regular season. And then you see the way Kawhi came out, especially in game two and game four. Um, and just totally dominated on, on both ends of the floor. Like, that's why the Raptors had him on a load management plan. And that's why the Raptors traded for him. And, you know, the one thing I, I did tell you, it was a fun what if before the game. It's like, imagine if Pascal was in that trade and he was with the Spurs right now. Like, you know how stressed out Raptors fans would be knowing that if Kawhi left, they also gave up Pascal? Yeah. And also, how stressed we will be because OG's hurt was that appendectomy, and all of a sudden, I mean, who would you even put a power forward? Like, I guess Serge will go back. I mean, I, you could probably get by the magic with that, but that's, I mean, it's it's, it's well done. By the way, to, speaking to your point about load management, um, Kawhi averaged uh, 34 minutes, so pretty much regular season game type of numbers. Averaged 27.8 points per game, shot 56% from the field, uh, hit three threes a game for 54% from three, 89% from the free throw line. 6.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.2 steals, and uh, overall a plus 18.8 per game. So, um, you know, look, DeMar has had a much better start to his uh, playoff career in San Antonio, and I'm, we're thrilled about it. But, like, you contrast that to the guy he was traded for and how he performed in this situation as the number one guy, like, is completely night and day, you know? So, um, speaking of Kawhi, he gets the first star tonight. Uh 27 points on 8 of 11 shooting, 5 of 5 from the three-point line. Sensational performance by Kawhi Leonard, plus 38. Huge MVP chance by the crowd. I feel like Scotiabank has sort of been a little bit reluctant to embrace Kawhi, but especially in the playoffs, you want to make sure as a fan, if you're at the game, cheer this man at every opportunity. I'm not saying it's your job to recruit him, but you know, I think these moments where he's receiving huge MVP chance and you know, he's coming off the floor a hero and the Raptors are up 35 and, and they're, they're taking care of a gentleman's sweep. Like, I'm sure it'll stick with him somehow. So I think the crowd did great. Who's the second star for you tonight? Second star, I'll go with Pascal. Um, 24 points, six rebounds, four assists, made three three-pointers in his 31 minutes. And, you know, I guess the award kind of speaks to just how he played in this entire series too, right? Um I think as much as we talk about Kawhi and everything that he's brought to this team, just as important is the fact that Pascal had this incredible regular season and seems to be even getting better in the playoffs, right? Like he's averaging 22.6 points and a team best 8.4 rebounds in the series. That's like numbers that you expect from like a star big man in this league, right? And 
it doesn't feel like he's doing anything like outside of what you know his skill set and you know you just seen a very poised player and it's it's really rare i think i said this the other day on twitter too it's like count how many times a player's had a great regular season as a toronto raptor and then actually carry that through into the postseason and arguably played better like i i can't even name like three guys that's like exceeding those expectations you can even go back to like vince carter do you remember how bad vince shot against the knicks like in his first playoff series and they were almost going to lose a second playoff series like he was having three for 19 games like every other night it's just like so rare like there's just been so many things in this series that has just been so rare like first 3-1 lead first time they've won a best of seven in five games first time they've won four consecutive playoff games like Kawhi playing like a star Pascal playing like a star like I don't know like it's it's just been it's just like this is like unfamiliar uncharted territory for the team and I'm still trying to like summarize all of that and at the same time, kind of appreciate that they still got like, you know, a couple more rounds to go, hopefully. Third star, give me that to Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, Kawhi said in the post game, they fed off Kyle Lowry's energy and then, you know, he kind of just willed them to victory. Now he the modest stat line is always the same with Kyle. Fourteen points, four rebounds, nine assists, but like a steal, you know. Like that's all Kyle needs to do for them. By the way, he did all that in 26 minutes. Uh, yeah, I think Nick was smart to limit Kyle's minutes considering his finger was bothering him. Um, but seriously, Kyle started this game with incredible energy. And again, the Magic tried to do a zone against this team. This team is way too smart to be beaten by no zone defense. There's five playmakers on the floor, five people that can shoot. It was ridiculous to go zone. And Kyle, being the smartest of the group, you know, just picked that team apart with nine straight points to start. And it just gave the Raptors such a huge boost because really – Kyle scoring is, like, the biggest variable on this team, right? Like, you know, sometimes Kyle can score, but sometimes he can't. When he gives you nine straight to start a game, you just know it's over. Because, you know, you know Kawhi's going to come on. You know, Pascal's going to come on. Mark's going to do his thing defensively and, and uh, lock down Nick Vucevic. And Danny Green's going to hit some threes. And it, it's over for you. Like, it's over if Kyle scores nine straight on you to start the game. And, and that's exactly how it was. So, those are your three stars. Gerald Henderson Award. Um, I mean – this one's tough. I'm going to give it to Kem Birch, all right? So, Drake. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was Kem Birch, all right? Nine points, 11 rebounds, three assists, four or five in 29 minutes for, um, I believe, the Montreal native. Um, yeah, I mean, his energy was good. And, again, he was, he, he was earning more minutes than Nick Vucevic, which is crazy. Nick Vucevic only played 17 minutes tonight. Man, this is actually – this is he literally had the DeMar playoff run. He really did. He is flush with the being benched in the elimination game. Like, that's 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 unfortunate. And Ken Birch, I mean, I mean, he's just mostly a hustle guy, whatever. And I think Serge actually outplayed him. But still, that's probably the best player for the Magic tonight. And, um, and then I'm going to let you hand out the Patrick Patterson Award, which goes to, um, you know – it used to be just any Raptor, but I'll just expand it to both teams. Goes to the player that has most underperformed their regular season expectations um, in a playoff game. And and who is your Patrick Patterson Award winner? So can I give it to Vucevic? Yeah. So Vucevic, I'll give I'll give one to each team. Nick Vucevic, and I mean this is no criticism to his game actually, but you know, Danny Green. Danny Green hasn't shot that well in this series like he didn't have one of those crazy danny green games where he goes on like a six minute run we we have a a, a yahoo policy that we can't slander danny green at all so please yeah. take that back yeah we we preface all danny green slander with um you know no offense to danny or 
Danny's actually a great player. Like it's not. <laughs> and we also pre- we also suggest you listen to Inside the Green Room, yeah. which they're doing a podcast tomorrow. You should listen. Seriously. Yeah, no, you should check it out. But I mean, I'm really like stretching to find a Patrick Patterson award guy for the Raptors. If anything, I'm literally just saying I wish Danny had one of those 10 minute stretches where he just makes six threes and the crowd just goes crazy. He didn't have that, but I'm pretty sure he'll have that in the next series. And that was our Danny Green sponsored segment. Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, sorry, sorry, Danny, that, that's, uh, you didn't deserve that. Uh, you were fine. I'm going to give it to Jeremy. No. <laughs> No, we, no, no. We, we can't throw Jeremy out the boat like this, man. Come on. We're the only two people left in Jeremy's corner. But, yo, for real, like the magic end of the Are game. still in his corner? Yo, the magic end of the game on an 18 nothing run. Jeremy was on the floor for a lot of that. I mean, it, it was tough to watch. It's been tough to watch all playoffs. I don't, even, I don't even make jokes about Jeremy, like, coming in in garbage time on Twitter anymore. Like, I don't know about you. Like, it's just, I just pretend, like, I, I don't pay attention to it anymore. I think I did slander Jeremy at one point where I said uh, the magic's only hope is Jeremy Lin. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, honestly, it kind of worked out because, I mean, the man was somehow a minus 16 in six minutes. But, look, listen, Jeremy, we'll always be fans, all right? Uh, we're always very proud of you, and um, you, you're like a child to us. You really are, you know? So, we love you, Jeremy. Um, the Raptors in the playoffs, um, you know, they took care of business in five games. Uh, what, what else? Follow Alex on Instagram. Yeah, no, you don't need to follow me. Just uh, don't please, <laughs> on, the next, on the next live post-game show that i'm on with yahoo please commenters um you know don't write stuff such as i'm only watching if uh will lou is on or they got another asian to replace will lou um you know i'm a hard-working freelancer here in toronto and uh, every opportunity matters to me and uh will's been a longtime friend and um, i hope it doesn't have to become some sort of game of thrones situation where we have to battle for one spot yeah listen you got to create multiple opportunities for uh for people in the media, you know, like Yahoo does, for example. Um, so, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots, lots of plugs for Yahoo. So, for myself, for Alex, which again, follow him on on Twitter and Instagram at Stephen underscore LeBron. And um... if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, 
we'll be back. Actually, we'll be back tomorrow. Actually, me and Alex and Vivek will be doing a three-man pod to preview the Sixers series. But as Kawhi Leonard said, you know, and just savor this win tonight and don't worry about no Sixers. All right, signing out. Peace.